Radio Free Gilbertsville podcast. Gilbertsville, New York's mayor, Mark Muller, talks to longtime residents discussing their stories and the stories of their small village in upstate New York. Through these candid conversations, we hear about the joys and struggles of small village living, and of course, we hear about the hilarious things that only happen in a small village. Welcome to the Gilbertsville Podcast, the Gilbertsville Free Radio Podcast. Um, I'm so lucky tonight to be sitting here with Jack Dodson of... Dodson and Associate Consulting Engineers. And Jack is our engineer here in Gilbertsville, and we couldn't be more pleased with with how things are going with him, and we love his company, and the trustees and I are just so... We feel very fortunate to have Jack here in our little village, uh, looking out for everyone's interests. Jack, I, I got a couple questions. My first question to you is, how did you get here in Gilbertsville? Oh, good story. Uh, let's see, I think I came to Gilbertsville bef- maybe around 2008, 2009. Um, there was a flood through the village. There was some damage done to the uh, village's dam and reservoir. And uh, we were invited to come in and do an inspection of that. And I uh, started working with the village on, actually, actually we, uh, we came in uh, through, let's see, you would be the third mayor uh-huh. that, that actually. Shirley. So Shirley actually is who I dealt with originally. Oh, very good. Yep. So and uh, actually it was through rural water. Rural water. Rural water. What's that? I mean, so, so rural water works out uh, throughout New York State, and they actually, um, they're like a, uh, a technical arm, I'll say, of the State Health Department, and they, they have uh, different regions uh, where they have personnel that actually works with rural communities. Uh, if you have water main breaks or you need to locate facilities and stuff, they'll come and do it as long as you're a member for free. Wow. So you've given us more than enough time, and you've given up your time to our village, and we had a bus tour for the water project. That was fun. That was fun. And um, you stayed late, and you worked overtime, and you didn't get paid extra for that, and we certainly appreciate it. And just like this, you're you're doing it gratis, and we, we appreciate that. And there's a lot of people in the community right now that are asking me questions and I thought this might be a good way to answer some of them with have you here. Um, one, one question, Jack, is when are they going to finish this project? That is the question of the day. <laughs> so we are actually working with a contract, uh, our contractor uh, that had a substantial completion date of September 30th with a final completion date of October 30th. And as you guys can see the contractor has exceeded his contract time. Uh, we indeed had a meeting today and uh, we're waiting on the contractor to give us a schedule for completion. We anticipate most of the work uh, that uh, is the field related work, uh, installing of pipelines, installing of the service work that requires uh, excavation, you know, pavement and restoration to be uh, completed by, we're hoping, November 20th now. And then there's a second phase of this that includes installation meters within homes. Uh, We're hoping that that actually gets started sometime the very beginning of November, and that should generally take them about six weeks to complete. So we're we're potentially talking 
uh, mid, I'm going to say December, uh, with meter installations within homes. Great. That's our best guess at this point in time. And um, do we expect them to come back next year? Absolutely. Uh, all these contracts, when you're doing, this is a $5.5 million contract. Uh, there's four different contractors, and our standard uh, contracts uh, have a one-year warranty period on them. And so we expect in the springtime, uh, we know grass is not going to grow very well. Uh, one of the requirements of the contract is they, they show us that there's a stand of grass, not weeds. And uh, that always includes back here, uh, usually uh, May, June, uh, doing what we consider as punch lists and, uh, and basically addressing uh, complaints maybe that we receive from property owners that, hey, this restoration isn't up to the quality I thought I was going to get. And, that, and that'll happen uh, early next spring and summer. Okay, thank you. Um, I, another question that we, we've been getting is, I've put up um, the, uh, the uh, pictures of the licensed plumbers. Yes. And we're, they'll be starting meter installation. Early November, we're, we believe, and we're waiting on that schedule. We asked for it again today. Uh, what we're dealing with is a contractor that's doing all this excavation work, uh, but the contract required uh, a licensed plumber or a licensed plumbing firm. We did not want a contractor that actually uh, excavates water mains to come in and be your plumber. <laughs> okay, so the contract specifically stated if there's going to be plumbing work done, it has to be uh, done by a licensed plumber. And indeed, the contractor hired a licensed plumber, and he has about 10 individuals that go out and work within homes uh, to install water meters. Thank you. And that, we, we have those pictures on the website. They are on the um, Village Improvement Board that's out by uh, 51 as you come into the village. Their pictures are there. Uh, we expect that, you know, we, we initially expected that to happen a couple weeks ago, and... Um, and now we're just kind of waiting for parts and and the and a schedule. So that's correct. So we appreciate the village's patience through all this time. Um, we'll contact you um, before they uh, to schedule a time. We're going to put a schedule up. Is yeah. That so so we've asked in the contract that again that uh, contractor and his subcontractor who is the licensed plumber. Where our expectation is they're not just going to come into the village and, you know, run around the village knocking on doors, that they would have taken the time to actually coordinate. And generally what happens is they try to coordinate at least uh, seven to ten services a day. Uh, and they usually will give up to uh, three days notice uh, of uh, scheduling. Uh, but they won't come to your house unless they've actually scheduled a particular time um, and you've agreed to us so that you're there to allow them into your home so that they can go to the location to install a meter. So it'll be a water meter that's installed in your existing plumbing. In addition to that, there's a little small expansion tank that they'll install in your existing plumbing. They'll make sure it's all tested, not leaking. Uh, there's some pictures that get taken, uh, not only by the plumber, but in addition, we'll have one of our uh, resident project reps on site, and they'll come in and verify the work has been completed, make sure that we uh, obtain the information necessary to load that meter into the village's billing program, and then they'll be out of your house. And they should have left a number with you that said if you have any issues uh, to call a number. Uh, that should be a 24-hour-a-day number. 
Thank you, Jack. Um, I think so. a lot of people had asked me that. A lot of people have asked me about the yard rest restoration, and I think we start seeing them putting those things into place. Are they going to seed those, or are they already seeded? So, so, uh, so we've spent some good time with them. One of the things that we'll say in this contract is they've submitted... Uh, over the course of the last probably 60 days, like four different topsoils to us, and we rejected them all uh, because they were not uh, the best of topsoil. We find on jobs like this that uh, contractors never want to give you quality topsoil. So we indeed held out long enough to get very good topsoil, which they are uh, installing uh, now on lawns, uh, and not like one inch of it. You know, we ask, again, up to three to six inches of topsoil that's rolled, and then they should seed, and then they should either put mulch over that or they'll have someone come in and hydro-seed. That's great. So people can rest assured that we're going to get that taken care of. And, and if you see, uh, I had a couple of people ask me about those meter pits. Yes. Would they look like a manhole cover, someone told me. Yes, and they're actually smaller. Uh, our meter pits are usually 18 or 20 inches in diameter, and they have a little, like, steel lid on the top. And then that lid is a, uh, a sensor uh, that allows the meter to be read uh, by Richard, uh, the DPW um, guy around town. And he'll have in his truck uh, basically a computer, and he can drive around the village and read meters. Great. So it's a very efficient uh, meter reading system. That's great. So you'll see those around. There's going to be about 15 pits. Yeah, we're thinking we, we had a conversation today, and we believe we probably added maybe three or four more. I'm going to say we're going to be in the 20 range. Oh, great. Now, so those those have been put around the village at people who don't have basements, maybe? or Yeah, so we uh, meter pits, we actually did an inventory a couple of years ago and just looked at them. The criteria, again, for meter pits is if you don't have a basement, indeed you need a meter pit. Uh, another criteria might be if you have a very long service, you know, a couple hundred feet or even a thousand feet. You know, generally services that are very long get meter pits. Um, and I think for, for, for the most part, um, uh, that's why there's only roughly 20 here. There's about 190 services uh, within the village. And the majority of the uh, homes obviously have basements uh, that are heated. And uh, it's significantly less to install a meter in a basement than it is in a meter pit. Okay. Thank you, Jack. I, um, so you've done a lot of these projects around the state. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. I've been doing this for 33 years. 33 years. And in strictly with water projects? Yeah. So actually, uh, my degree is uh, civil and environmental engineering, uh, but I'm primarily uh, municipal water and wastewater storm drainage uh, it's civil works, street reconstructions. Um, my firm designs projects that could be as small as $100,000 to $30 million. That includes uh, full wastewater treatment uh, uh, plants for uh, you know communities as large as cities, uh, water treatment plants, groundwater sources, pump stations, you name it. Uh, <laughs> if it's an engineering and water or wastewater, we do it. That's awesome. And, yeah, it's fun and stuff. <laughs> And you're really good at it. I, yeah, I enjoy say. it. I, I was told when I was young, I grew up on farms, and I knew what hard work was then. <laughs> I was always told that whatever your career is, uh, you make sure it's something that if you work 16 hours a day, that you would want to get up the next morning bright and early and go back at it again. And uh, that, that is this career. Uh, it's a career that I very much enjoy. And as we talked, I have a passion for. I, uh, I'm a teacher. And as we started talking, uh, you, you've invited young 
um, aspiring engineers into your firm yep. to shadow or to check it out and and I, I as a teacher would appreciate that I mean you work with um, young people and and it really is nice to and I, I as I, I mentioned to Mark the mayor uh, you know you don't have to be a senior in college to get involved in engineering you know I've had co-ops you know young uh, students from high school as early as ninth and tenth grade work in my office and actually learn principles of engineering you know math and what what is engineering because a lot of times people do not even know what engineering when I uh, left uh, high school you know I was I was uh, ready to go to college and become a chemical engineer and I did not realize the first semester I was in college that there was even a Jesus discipline called civil and environmental engineering and um, I had always been around construction when I was young and I just didn't know that there was an engineering major that geez allowed you to design roads and dams or, or wastewater treatment plants and water treatment plants and you know my first semester um, I, I met with my advisor in the second semester I was a civil environmental engineer nice. and then I went on through Clarkson for the next three and a half years uh, as a civil environmental engineer. Well that's a great story. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Well Jack. 4177390 Dad and Reem. Yes it is. <laughs> so, um, so Jack, I, you were also the um, the engineer on our wall, our retaining wall. That was correct. So how did how did that go for you? That was interesting. So keep in mind that I started out, I worked on the dam and reservoir. Uh, we, we got that back where it needed to be. That was, that was a rather interesting project. And then uh, during that period of time, you had a section of your wall that failed, the retaining wall on the Dunderberg uh, at the fire department. And uh, the mayor at the time asked us to do an evaluation of that. And as we did an evaluation, uh, and more of an evaluation, we determined that there was uh, some design and construction flaws in the wall, and it actually turned into a litigation. Oh, yeah, that's where, and you did an excellent job with that, with that's, our village attorney, Beth. Yeah, so uh, indeed, there was a litigation um, that started on it, uh, but as in any litigation, uh, there's a whole discovery period. Uh, there was many different tests that were done on the wall to determine uh, potentially what was the problem with the wall. Um, in addition to that, uh, there was many depositions uh, with a variety of different people, including myself. And uh, the interesting part of that uh, was I went on vacation and I came back from vacation. And I was scheduled to appear in Cooperstown for the trial and I had heard that uh, they settled with the village. Oh. So we, we obviously um, prepared some good documentation yes, do. to support our position relative to the design and construction flaws and uh, you know between the attorneys an arrangement was made out so yes the uh, village indeed uh, was awarded uh, a dollar amount to um, not only to repair that section uh, but an argument that we made during the litigation was is there's going to be future problems with that wall and, uh, you know, there was a uh, sufficient amount of money uh, retained uh, because we did actually go in there and fix that portion of the wall in a separate contract. And then we improved the whole top of the wall uh, because there was water penetrating uh, from the top surface water. Mm -hmm. And actually that uh, the, the actual grout that's in there, okay, um, 
to hold the, the actual stones together was weeping water into it like a sponge and then during freeze and thaw cycles uh, it would pop. Oh. And so and that just continued to do that on the wall. So we needed to correct that problem. And so there was a construction contract uh, to bring in a mason uh, to actually reconstruct the, kind of the top of the wall and, and then prevent the water from migrating from the surface through the stone and, uh, and the binding of the stone uh, to, in my mind, to extend the longevity of that masonry wall. And it's actually held up pretty well so far. Uh, that's it looks just, good too. It looks beautiful. It's and a nice it, wall, and you, it, it just makes our village even nicer to look at yes. when we come down there. And it's and it's a real pleasant walk across that bridge. Yes. Now, Jack, I, I publicly want to thank you for um, helping or writing those grants to get our water project. I realize what goes into writing a grant, and um, with you spearheading that effort uh, of writing grants for municipalities. Uh, your company does that. And, and um, I, I don't think the average person who doesn't write grants knows what goes into writing a grant. Um, these grants that you wrote were about um, three million dollars worth of grants of actual grant actually three and a half million three and a half we're working on the half right? yes we are working on the half. <laughs> well i'm not we're working on strong it <laughs> on getting the last half well i'm not working on it but jack explains it all and we read it and there's a lot of work going on um in jack's office to get that and you do all the correspondence with the state that's correct and um just just what goes into that is, is and I'm, I'm sure others in the village would want to thank you for all the efforts that your company and yourself have put in to getting us that those those grants. Yes, um, very much appreciated. It's one of the services that our firm offers, and I'm passionate about because I know uh, I work for a lot of small communities, and a five and a half million dollar project is a large project. Most communities don't see these projects maybe once every fifty years. And uh, so it's very important that, uh, you know, we do our due diligence, which is uh, identify all the needs because all these grants are very competitive. Um, they have long applications and then they have a lot of uh, requirements in them that you have to follow through during design and construction. Uh, so they're very involved, uh, but it is a pleasure to, to uh, write them. Uh, in addition to that, the key to any grant is follow-up, okay? So uh, lots of people go after grants, uh, but they don't stay on top of them. And uh, as I indicated, it's a competitive process. If you're not following up on your grants and demanding, hey, you know, we need this money for our projects and being an advocate for it, there's many other communities that are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's difficult sometimes to get through all that paperwork, uh, but at the same time, it's a necessity in order to make sure that you secure the kind of money because in this particular case, you know, you're receiving three to three and a half million dollars of money that you do not have to pay back. And, uh, and uh, we were able to secure just a two million dollar loan here for 30 years interest free. Mm -hmm. That's some of the best money you can get. Yeah, and I think like this. And, and, I'm, and I'm thanking you for all the village um, residents that, uh, that your hard work has get, get, got us this money. And um, not to say that you know the um, officials that are in our seats we don't read through them and we don't 
yep. um, sign them, but we, we do do that. And, um, but the writing itself is, is just very, um, I've tried, I've written grants, I've failed at writing grants, I've won some grants, I've lost some grants, but it is a very uh, intense process. Yes, it and, is. And it's um, totally consuming for somebody who doesn't do it for a living. Right. So. And, and uh, in our business, again, there's there's 99% of the projects that we work on have some sort of um, uh, funding associated with them from some program. Uh, so you you need to know how to do grant administration, okay, and to secure financing for projects uh, in order to make them happen. And we, we in these small villages don't do this for a living. That you know? is correct. So it, we really appreciate you. Um, I was talking to um, a vice president of NBT, and he was um, amazed that he said, oh, you need a, a bond person, you need this, you need this, you hit Mark, you don't know what you're getting. No, I, I have Jack. There you go. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. Now, now, it's not always only just Jack. We do, no. if we need, uh, we, we can solve the village attorney, and we do have a bond council uh, that uh, assists us as well. Uh, because, yes, these projects are very complicated, and uh, you need professionals from different disciplines in order to get through the projects. Well, we, we certainly appreciate it. I wanted to put that on the record. Um, Very much appreciate it. I always enjoy working with my small, small communities. Uh, you know, always love the people. Uh, you know, the, the whole honesty, transparency, uh, and the willing to help in any way they can, uh, which you don't see everywhere. No, so, we have thunder coming in yes. every week. Uh, and you and thunder have a relationship. Yes, we do. And, um, when you discuss, Thunder kind of looks out for the village during the day. He does a great job. Yeah, and he brings things to your attention, and uh, we appreciate Thunder uh, for it's, doing that. It's always nice when we do these projects to get the local viewpoint. You know, we're dealing with engineers that are out in the field. We're dealing with the contractors, personnel, and, of course, they give us their position. Okay, it's always nice to hear exactly uh, from village residents what their perception of a project is or a contractor working and stuff, uh, knowing that information helps us to better serve the community. And it's really, it's been, it's been um, an eye-opening experience for me. Um, and it's been really interesting. This has been really interesting. Um, and I, and I, I think we're pretty lucky to have the residents we have uh, being patient, they ask a lot of questions. Thunder's not the only one that looks out for stuff. I, I get a lot of calls in, in any kind of weekend or during the week, and people are looking out for each other. They're sure. looking out for um, the village, and it's really nice. It really is. It's, it's the local ambassadors, you know, for the community that really do. They're engaged. You know, they want to know uh, truly what's going on with the project. By attending the meetings, they get the factual information, and it's kind of nice they can actually go out there and uh, convey that information to the residents that don't have the time to come to meetings, and, and it, it works out very, very nice. Yeah. We would much rather have that good factual information getting out to the public. Well, we appreciate it. I just, I have one, um, this is the biggest question of, of our evening here, Jack. Big question. Big one coming up. So... When are we going to stop seeing brown water? Oh, that's a good question. So, and what, and what is it? Okay, so very, very good uh, question. Is you have a groundwater source at this point in time that uh, has uh, manganese in it. Uh, you know, a lot of groundwater sources, 
um, depending upon what's uh, underlying an aquifer. It could be some sort of uh, uh, stone or rock formation, and those rock formations contain particulates, uh, usually uh, manganese or iron, and in your particular case it's manganese. Uh, the community uses a sequestering agent, which is a chemical, to bind that manganese. Uh, but as you guys experience in the distribution system, it only binds it for a short, short period of time. And then at some point in time, it comes out in your faucet or you know, on your toilet, unfortunately on your clothing when you do laundry. <laughs> so one of the things that we're doing is we have located a new uh, groundwater source that still does have manganese in it. Um, however, we're building a treatment plant that actually removes that manganese so that you no longer have to worry about it when you turn your tap on. So you're going to see a really big difference in water quality that manganese will be removed from the water. And the, and the higher pressure, I imagine, is going to help that clarity also in Richard. It's going to reduce the amount of need to flush it all the time. That is correct. So we're, uh, what happens is, is in the current system, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the, you can only bind the manganese for a certain period of time, then it kind of precipitates out into your water mains. And of course, you know, whenever you uh, increase the velocity or the flow in that, it puts it back into solution. So you end up seeing this very brown, uh, you know, water. So if you put it in a, uh, you know, a water cup, uh, something that's white or something, you're like, oh, I'm drinking this. Uh, you know, the intent obviously is to remove uh, that manganese. One of the things you have to remind is the State Health Department uh, has uh, contaminants that they monitor. Uh, iron and manganese are considered secondary. Uh, they're in the secondary standards, and they're, they're not health impacts. They're more aesthetic. Uh, and you know laundry clothing that type of stuff so they do allow that in there the level of manganese in your system is below the MCL but however you know it's a nuisance chemical and uh, it's not fun to have to drink water with particulates in it so the treatment plant that's being designed will remove all that and you'll be drinking nice clear water that's what these people would love yes um, yes. um and and it, it's not going to happen overnight is that true that is true so just from a project standpoint the treatment plan is not going to finish at the same time as the water main contract and water metering uh that contract goes on until january we expect uh you know january february we'll be doing testing on the treatment plant and i think it'll be like early spring march or so before we actually place the treatment plant online and even once we do that uh, there will still be a period of time where the mains will have to get flushed uh, to remove the particulate matter that's already in there before we start to see the very clean water that you'll have probably in the early summer early summer that's so early summer 2020 early summer 2020 is what we're looking at yes uh, for for clean water not for the end of the project so um, the the other part of um, what other questions did I? You have one of your associates here. Yes, he I, came I like in. Adam that. came in. Adam came in. Adam has worked as hard, if yes. as yourself, on this project. He did. I, I was uh, looking at him, watching plans tonight at our uh, project update meeting, and he's he's the go-to guy for yes, a lot of things. He is indeed. He actually participated then in the design of the project, and uh, the best thing about Dawn Design is you actually see it built. And so there, if there's any things that you could do better, you learn on a construction project very quick. 
So he's done an outstanding job. He's actually oh. been with our firm for 17 years. So he's learned some good things over the years. So I had him say hi to everybody, you know. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> We're going to put him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to do the next podcast um, for the updates. The details. The detail podcast. So I think that's, we're taking enough of your time, Jack and Adam. Thank you both so much, and um, thank you for looking out for the village, and thank you for your time that you put in extra um, to help us understand what's going on. We appreciate that very much and look forward to uh, completing the project uh, and then seeing it through startup and uh, being able to enjoy that nice clear glass of water. Yeah, it'd be great. And you've been at the village for over 10 years probably. Yes. yes. Wow. Yep, over 10 years. That's yep. great. So you're We're like one of us. Time. Yes, yep. there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. Thank you're you, welcome. Adam. Yeah, have a good night.